0: Welcome in! Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. We are live. We are in La Crosse, Wisconsin at WKTY in the studios out here. And uh, always good to be out in this area. Tonight we got the Bill Michaels Huddle coming up. We're going to be live. We're going to be at uh, Flipside Pub and Grill tonight. Flipside Pub and Grill. Come on out and say hello. Now that you've dug out of the snow... Uh, Come on out and say hi. We're going to be out there this evening from 6 to 8 and doing everything from talking about this upcoming contest with the Packers and the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to hear from uh, inside the Packers locker room. Uh, That's going to open up a little bit later on today. We'll hear that coming up tonight. Plus, we'll make our wild card weekend picks coming up. So, uh, all that good stuff upcoming. Joining us now, as uh, he always does, our buddy Mark Schofield from SB Nation. uh, Joining us on the line as he does every Wednesday. Mark, how you doing, pal?
1: I am doing well, Bill. Happy wild card weekend to you and all the dear listeners out there.
0: Um, I this always gets me excited because I do want to get into the games, but we've got uh, a little bit of Black Monday that's gone on. You've got uh, some offensive firings in Chicago. You've got Wink Martindale having heated words with Brian Dable, and ex- is expected to resign. Uh, so let's let's start there first, uh, because Dable, we, you know, a lot of people thinking that Wink Martindale is going to be suddenly on the open market. But if he resigns, do you know if he's then automatically available to, for other teams to pick up, or does he have to be fired? For other teams to automatically pick him up.
1: I believe yeah, Bill, I believe it's the latter. My understanding of it is that if he resigns, that he's not automatically available. now, if he's fired, then it's a different story. And so you know this may be part of what plays out over the next couple of days because, as you said, look, there's reporting out there that you when know, the Giants decided to let two of his assistants go, that Martindale didn't take kindly to that and sort of stormed out and flew down to Florida, where family has a home now and if it is sort of a resignation situation, then again, my understanding is he's not automatically available. So maybe they're going to try to work something out here, but that's the game plan. That's the scenario here at work for Martindale with the Giants.
0: Then you've got Eberflus, uh keeping, uh, you know, his job, but the offensive coordinator, Luke Getze, he is out in, uh, in Chicago. So most believe that means there's going to be a new offense, which means there's going to be a new quarterback, and then ultimately Chicago is going to trade away Justin Fields. Do you see it that way?
1: I do see it that way because, you know, in a hypothetical world where they bring in a new offensive coordinator, whoever that might be, that's not what, three offenses, three offensive coordinators in four years for Justin Fields. That's not going to be conducive to him taking another step, which we've kind of been waiting for. And so I think this does open the door to Fields playing elsewhere. Where might that be? You know, there are certainly some options out there. The Raiders could be a destination. Atlanta could be a destination. But I think a new offensive coordinator would want to come in, particularly when they have the first overall pick and what's going to be a very fascinating draft class at the quarterback position. They're going to want to coach the quarterback that they want. They're not going to want to come in and try again, the third go around, the third offensive coordinator for field. So I think this does signal that Chicago will move on.
0: Then you've got the weight on Bill Belichick. Now, we thought maybe today, tomorrow, we might hear something now. The reports are coming out that it probably won't be anything until next week. It not you know, if New England decides that they are going to move on and maybe they're going to work something out or maybe that they're trying to trade them, who knows? But doesn't that then put them behind the eight ball a little bit when it comes to finding themselves a head coach and being in the forefront?
1: Yeah, you know, it does put them behind the eight ball a bit. And,. You know you you bring that up the day after the Titans decide to move on from Mike Grable and their owner Amy Str- Amy Adam Strunk, came out and said we thought about trading him because he is under contract, but we didn't want to put ourselves at the back of the line for a potential new head coach. And so if this situation does drag out and maybe, as you said, they are trying to trade him right now, they might find themselves in a situation where perhaps the coach that they wanted is no longer available. But I do think that the door is open for Belichick to stay, but give up some decision-making because that was the sticking point. We talked about that over these past couple of months as their season sort of went south that, you know, he wants to retain decision-making duties. He wants the GM spot. He wants to do both. But in this postseason press conference, he told the media, look, you know, if that's what's best for the team. I'll give up those duties. And the fact that he came out with that right away makes me think that at least if he's open to it, then perhaps Robert Kraft and Jonathan Kraft would be open to it as well because Bill Belichick, the head coach is still very good at what he does. It's more Bill Belichick, the general manager, you know, that's the situation which hasn't played out well. And we've talked about the misses that they've had, including their entire 2019 draft class. Now, wouldn't somebody want to come in as a general manager to be above Bill Belichick? And would they find somebody willing to serve in that role? I, that's a trickier discussion. There are also some people both inside the building, Matt Groh, for example, Dave Ziegler, who was part of their organization before taking the GM job in Las Vegas before he was fired midseason. Maybe they would have somebody that had some familiarity with Belichick step into that role. But the fact that he at least opened the door to that makes me think there's a possibility he still stays just as head coach.
0: Now, I and, and I agree with you, I you know Bill Belichick to me sounded very – Humbled uh, to say, hey, whatever's best for the organization, I'll do. And uh, so it sounded like he really just wanted to stay. Like he doesn't want to uproot and try to start over and try to chase that record somewhere else. Like that's his home. That's he doesn't want to clean out his office, so to speak. Let's just stick with same old, same old and figure out something else to get us from point A to point B. In the meantime, uh, there's a lot of people looking over the fence of Mike Vrabel here in our own backyard. Because while the Packers are still in it, we all assume that Joe Barry is not going to be back. Is Vrabel a good defensive coordinator candidate uh, for his buddy Matt LaFleur? Should Joe Barry get fired at the end of the season? Or do you think Vrabel gets more head coaching opportunities?
1: Yeah, I think Gra- Vrabel will get some head coaching looks. And you know, honestly, one of the first places he was linked with was the New England Patriots. All those who played there eight years, won three Super Bowls. You know, there was an idea that perhaps if the Patriots did move on from Belichick, that Vrabel would be a good replacement. There were even some that thought, maybe that would be your trade, you know, Tennessee and New England. And so there's a possibility that he could end up in, in New England, Mike Vrabel, if the Patriots do move on from Belichick. I certainly think he will get some head coaching looks, but if he doesn't end up with a job he wants or another opportunity he wants, then yes. You know, a defensive coordinator role for him would be a good fit for the Green Bay Packers, would be a good fit for him. I think that would be something that Green Bay, should they decide to move on from Joe Barry, and certainly the handwriting does seem to be on the wall there, given the discussions about his tenure over the years, That Vrabel would be a good option. I just do think he'll explore the head coaching opportunities first before going down that road.
0: Now we look at uh, some of the games coming up this weekend, and obviously we start with the one in our own backyard. Tell me the reasons why the Packers could win this game in Dallas.
1: I mean, I think there's a couple. And I think it starts with, do you get the bad Dak Prescott game? And we've seen that before. Now, they've been so good at home this year, 8-0, 37-point average playing at home. Dallas has been very good playing in their own building. That offense has been explosive when they've played games at home, but we've seen Dak Prescott have bad games in the playoffs before. And I think if they could force some mistakes, force some turnovers, force some interceptions, give Jordan Love and company a short field, then certainly they could go into AT&T and steal this game. I also think, look, we've seen the growth and development of this offense, We've seen the growth and development of Julian Love over the second half of the season. We see the confidence he's playing the position with. I can't tell you how many times I would either, you know, mutter to nobody in particular if I was watching by myself or to my son, my daughter, my wife, when I'm watching Packers games the past half of the season, saying that's a heat check moment. That's a heat check throw. He just seems like he's so confident right now. And, you know, if you're a defense, even as one as good as the Dallas Cowboys, going up against a confident quarterback, the way Jordan Love is playing right now, it's never a good feeling because he could hit for some big throws. He could hit for some big plays. You suddenly get turnover, short field, shot play, touchdown, and it's 7 nothing Green Bay early. It's going to get a little nervous on that Cowboy sideline. And so I think the way Jordan Love is playing well right now, I think that could also open up the door to a Green Bay win. So I know they're the seven. I know they're a young team. I know the Cowboys are the two. But there are ways that Green Bay can win this game.
0: Can Philadelphia, and, and I know that Nick Sirianni was the darling last year and, and loved in Philly, and, and, you know, some even say he's on the hot seat now, which I find a little bit hard to believe because down the stretch they faltered, but they were 10-1 and 1 at one point with a lot of blemishes, I know, but they were still 10-1. and 1. Can they turn this around, or do you think they are just destined to watch this thing just go down in flames dismally and then begin redoing it uh, come next offseason?
1: I, I feel like it's... The wheel like we're in a wheels coming off situation here with Philadelphia. Like you said, they were ten and one and we were all talking about, hey, maybe this they're on the verge of locking up the East. They're on the cusp of perhaps locking up top overall seed. One and five down the stretch. And with that one win on Christmas night over New York Giants, even that didn't inspire confidence. And nobody seems happy. Hertz is banged up. AJ Brown is banged up. And yes, a couple of weeks ago around Christmas time where people would say, Yeah, Sirianni's on the hot seat, I'd Push back on that idea. What? You talking about a coach who went to the playoffs in year one, went to the Super Bowl in year two, is back in the playoffs in year three already. You can't move on from him. Now I'm not so sure. I still think it's more, you know, a 10% chance, 8% chance, even if they lose on Monday night, that he would be out. But the number's creeping up a little bit. And it feels like something bigger is amiss. And you start wondering, are we going to hear, you know, when their season indeed ends and the postmortems are written, are we going to hear about more locker room strife and angst and things happening behind the scenes start to come out? So it feels like this is a situation where it's spinning out of control. Now, look, they're still a very good football team, got talented players in that locker room, and they're going up against a team in the Buccaneers that on paper, they're better than. But given the way that they finished, and now they have to go on the road, and you've got key players banged up, and we're waiting on an MRI for AJ Brown at his knee, it's not a good position for Philadelphia, and we could be in for a very strange offseason if it does indeed end for them Monday night.
0: Then you got Kansas City hosting uh, the Dolphins, and Kansas City. Look, I you know now you're going into bitter cold weather, and we talk about how that's not the weather for the the you know Miami Dolphins, obviously playing down in Miami, but. You've got bad receivers in Kansas City, and they've already had stone fingers. Now you make it, you know, nine degrees below zero. I can't imagine it getting much better, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think this is going to be a game that you're going to see a ton of offense in. I mean, but I think from Kansas City's perspective, they had a chance to sort of rest some key players because they knew they were the three. They were locked into their spot. You know, Miami, you know, they're playing on the final game of the season with a chance to sort of wrap up the division and clinch the two, and – and you get some more players banned up. They're signing defensive players off the street and promoting players from the practice squad and, you know, to the active roster because they're so thin up front with Bradley Chubb hurt and Phillips hurt now. And now you're in a situation where if you're Miami, I mean, think about it this way. They were three minutes away from going, you know, to 10-3 and three on the season and taking a three-game lead over the Buffalo Bills when they were playing the Titans on that Monday night. But then they blow that lead, end up blowing the division, now a team that has lost their last 10 games when it's under 40 degrees is going to be playing in single digits in Kansas City on Saturday night. And in these three games in those conditions in the NFL, two has thrown five touchdowns, five interceptions, passer a rating of 77.5. Kansas City may eventually get knocked out early. They're going to have to go on the road if they win this week. But I think this does look like a Chiefs
0: win. Right, give me your thoughts on Pittsburgh. No T.J. White. They're going into Buffalo. And Buffalo is an enigma because if – you know, Josh Allen can't do it all by himself. And all of it, because he, for the game that he played, it was spectacular, but he did have moments where he tried to give that game away. And the Pittsburgh Steelers just, are, they're kind of like the little engine that could. And with Rudolph, they've certainly found a spark. Can the Pittsburgh Steelers go in and upset the Buffalo Bills?
1: I think they can. I mean, I think the path to that was getting that three interception game from Josh Allen. You know, when he had some moments, even on Sunday night, where it seemed like he was going to give that game away interceptions in the end zone and things like that but i just think it's harder for pittsburgh to pull that off with tj Watt out you know if you've got Watt in the game you've at least got more of an opportunity to create some pressure on allen to create some mistakes force some throws under pressure like you saw miami did a very good job in the early part of that game reading pressure creating pressure on allen in the pocket and making him force some throws under duress that led to Turnovers. I think when you remove T.J. Watt from that equation for the Pittsburgh Steelers, you reduce the opportunity to get that done, to get that productive pressure on Allen. And so I think, look, NFL, anything can happen. They have found this spark with Mason Rudolph. You know, we're wondering about the weather. You're hearing rumblings. You might get sort of lake effect snow, and maybe it's a sort of that rock fight, and they can grind this game down, lean into the running game, and steal one. But without Watt, I think it's going to be really tough for them to pull it off.
0: And I would agree. I, I mean, that was where the pressure was going to come from. That was going to be the guy that was going to put all kinds of heat on uh, on Josh Allen to get the job done. I just don't know if they're going to be able to. Uh, talking with Mark Schofield, SB Nation. Now you've got the game. Uh, the Lions, twelve and five, a very quiet twelve and five, and a team that nobody's talking about. But here comes Matthew Stafford, kind of the homecoming. It's going to be mixed emotions. I got to think at Ford Field. I mean, Matthew Stafford did a lot for that organization. And when they traded him away, he went on and won a Super Bowl. He got what everybody wanted him to get. But now here he comes to knock them out of the postseason, the first time they've won the division in 30 years. So got to be a little bittersweet at Ford Field coming up this weekend.
1: It's going to be very bittersweet. And, you know, you you wonder. uh, I've seen rumblings on social media about, you know, they don't want Stafford Lions jerseys in the stands and things like that. It's going to be a bittersweet, emotional night, I think, for a lot of people. I mean, you've also got – the Jared Goff, Sean McVay reunion there, that sort of perfect narrative game, right? You know, we've got so many different storylines, similar to if we get a, a Browns-Ravens game next week. But with this Rams-Lions game, the one thing I'm very curious about, Bill, is this Lions defense because they've given up points and bunches down the stretch here. They've given up some big numbers to a number of different teams, you know, offenses that are better. I think uh, not as good, excuse me, um, as they'll face this week with the Rams. I mean, you talk about giving up 28 to the Bears. You talk about giving up, you know, another 28 points in a win over the Saints. You're giving up, you know, 24 to the Vikings when they've got quarterbacks running in and out of the lineup. Now you're going to see an offense that has sort of molded itself in a, in a new identity. This used to be a very much, you know, outside zone, wide zone based run game. Now 42% of their plays are gap in power. They've really sort of leaned into the north and south approach when they're running the football. You've got Cooper Cup. You've got Puka Akua, who's fantastic both as a receiver and in that run game element. A lot of those designs tasked him with sort of folding underneath and then picking up linebackers on the second level and sifting them out. He does such a good job of that. And you've got a playoff experience quarterback who's won a Super Bowl in Stafford. And so it'll be an emotional night, but I like the Rams in this one.
0: I kind of do, too. Uh, I'm leaning in favor of the Rams. I just think with all the offensive weaponry you just mentioned, I just think they have that ability to overcome. And and, and Matthew Stafford knows that dome, and he knows what it's like playing in a dome as well. Real quick before I let you go, uh, an intriguing game that not a lot of people are really considering, but that's the first one of the bunch on Saturday. And you've got what's considered to be the rookie of the year in C.J. Stroud and the Texans hosting the Cleveland Browns, which I can't believe I'm even saying with my tongue snapping off. But the Joe Flacco resurgence story has been amazing. And, oh, by the way, he's backed up by a Super Bowl-caliber defense. This is going to be a hell of a game.
1: It's going to be a great game. I'm fascinated to see how Stroud fares against this Browns defense because they do such a good job at trying to confuse the quarterback. But, There will be opportunities to make big plays. Stafford had some big ones against the Browns when they tried to confuse him, but he diagnosed what they were doing. Can Stroud play at that kind of level? That's a fascinating question. Can this Texas defense, can they get after Flacco? Can they force a mistake or two? Because, you know, the Flacco comeback has been great, but he's thrown some interceptions. He's made some mistakes that hasn't been perfect from a production standpoint. I just think ultimately this Browns defense is just so good. You know, one point four three points per drive allowed this year, second to only the Baltimore Ravens. I think that Browns defense is going to be the difference on on Saturday afternoon.
0: Mark, always good to talk to you. I can't wait to break it all down with you again next week. Always appreciate it, okay?
1: Always a blast, Bill. Enjoy the games this weekend. We'll talk next week.
0: Appreciate it, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. Mark Scofio, SB Nation. Uh, we've got breaking news. And I don't have the audio of this. Um, I, I don't even know if, uh, Grant, you're aware of it yet, but um, Pat McAfee today, did you see what he said? So I saw a clip earlier. I didn't watch it. Is it actually interesting
2: and worth listening to? Uh,
0: they fired Aaron Rodgers. Wait. So Pat I... McAfee today said, and I quote, there's going to be a lot of people who are happy with this, myself included, to be honest with you. The way it ended got really loud. I'm happy that he's not going to be a part of my mentions going forward, which is great news.
2: So, does that mean he's done? Because I figured we were close to done for the year, right? He only he was comes on out
0: of the He was supposed to go, go all the way through the playoffs, Super Bowl and such, uh, and then end it this year, but they've uh, subsequently let Aaron Rodgers go. Oh, so I'll find the audio over the commercial break. I didn't know this. Yeah, Rogers originally scheduled to appear all the way throughout the playoffs going into the Super Bowl. Uh, according to the Post, Andrew Merchant, and this is out of the New York Post, uh, reporting it, Rogers' fourth season as the guest uh, of the show ended amid a feud with Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, and basically, and this is also, this is the other thing. And remember, and we had talked a little bit about this, Kimmel is ABC which is Disney ESPN is ABC and Disney and Pat McAfee talked, you know, very loudly about some of the executives. He felt they were trying to sabotage his show from within and do some negative things towards them, but they're paying him a ton of money. And apparently when you sign on as a host, at ESPN, there are certain things you sign up for, and they have the right now. I don't know what the details are of his contract, but this is what I was being told uh, during. I'm I'm, tex- I'm getting some texts during the break with a friend of mine who actually works there, and said that uh, there are some things he can't disclose, but in contracts that cert- you can't say. And they felt like Aaron Rodgers and that conversation, that Rodgers and McAfee doubled down on yesterday, went against some of that. Co- I told you some of that company policy, man. There. They're tied over there, and uh, not only can they then fire you, but they can fire you and uh, take your money back. Which, and don't get me wrong, McAfee can take a show back to YouTube and still make you know tens of millions of dollars. But uh, all of a sudden, you get your platform banged on pretty hard, and then you got to recoup all your sponsors and stuff, and you can't. Then it could be a non-compete issue. So I, I don't know what the deal is, but McAfee subsequently came out today and said enough, and they have uh, basically fired Aaron Rodgers. It
2: would be one thing if there was
0: controversy and drama, and it was good
2: entertainment. But like, right, they for twenty-seven straight minutes, twenty-seven, twenty-eight straight minutes, they, they talked about COVID and stuff from three years ago. And I'm, I'm listening. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is not good radio. This isn't good no. TV. It's very weird. It was,
0: it was this complete. They went again yesterday at, for twenty minutes after Fauci, it, and it's, it, it just like it, the Aaron Rodgers, I told you so, pontification, and, and whether he's right or wrong, I don't care but it's like, just move on, you know, talk about something else. And so they, they cut Rogers loose. So that's, you know, no more, no more state farm, no more Ford, no more ESPN. Uh, yeah, a lot of different in the, the, the watch line all that, you know, so no, none of that's no more for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, and that's okay. He's got more money than God. He can just go off into the sunset and never be heard from again, but nevertheless, uh, now, We'll wait and see what next season brings because there's always that opportunity for Rogers to come back. Uh, but in this kind of public venue of what McAfee said today, maybe, maybe, because McAfee was, you'll, you'll hear it. If you find the, the audio of it, you'll hear it. But he was pretty emphatic that he was glad that this saga is over. So let's do this. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up, and it's coming up right after this. Stay tuned. Ready! This
1: is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio
0: Network.
2: You got to hit it, make it
1: rock it, put it in the pocket. Hit it, make it,
0: rock it, put it in the pocket. Hit it, hit it, Welcome back. Good to have you. Hey, our friends at the Sunset Grill. They are back open! They were closed yesterday because of the snow and the weather and all that kind of block. But uh, they're back open today. Good news out on Prospect Avenue in Pewaukee Lake. Uh, call them 262-696-4578. Uh, just, you know, hey, if you want to go in, say hello. Great wine selection, good food. They've got all kinds of different specials going on out there. But that's our friends at the Sunset Grill, Pewaukee Lake, and uh, Sarah and the whole staff are just, they're awesome. And I, I, I'll i be honest with you, I, I love it out there in the summertime. Uh, I've been out there numerous times to do shows in the winter months, which is awesome. But I love it in the summertime. Just love it. But, uh, you know, hey, stop on out and say hello and uh, good stuff. Um, 877-867-1670. Uh, Previa Health uh, Health uh, in Green Bay cut em loose. State Farm cut em loose. ESPN cut em loose. Ford's cut him loose. Uh, I believe the watch company, I don't see anything advertised about him anymore regarding his watch company. I don't know if that's still something that he's doing or not. He does have a new, I think it's a shoe company he's working with. But uh, and then remember when there was the contemplation of retirement, uh, there was some talk at the time that Tom Brady was going to get a Fox deal for 10 years and three, four hundred million bucks. And it was it was crazy. Nobody was reaching out to Aaron Rodgers. He has become a marketing fiasco. And um, so for those that are just tuning in, um, you know, it, it was uh, today, uh, Pat McAfee, I, I, my assumption is this was prompted by ESPN executives, but the story out of the New York Post is, and we had talked about it. We said yesterday that, and we talked a little bit about it today. We said, man, it was just going after Fauci again, and then he was backpedaling on the whole. I didn't call you know Jimmy Kimmel a pedophile, but. You know that's like saying you know people the list of people that have tax evasion are coming out and Aaron Rodgers better hope you know that list doesn't come out. Well, the insinuation is that you you're on the list of tax evaders. You know it, it's it's you you insinuated it without saying it, and then that you went back and forth via the response, but then all of a sudden you say, well, I never said that. You know, yeah, it's the insinuation of being vaccinated or immunized. So. He kind of makes you, he takes you to the water, lets you drink it, and this is why I've never said that. So, but today ESPN and Pat McAfee announcing on his show that Aaron Rodgers is done, uh, he said, quote, there's going to be a lot of people who are happy with that, myself included, to be honest with you, according to McAfee. Uh, The way it ended, it got really loud. I am happy that he's not going to be a part of my mentions going forward, which is great news, end quote. So I'm I'm looking to get this. I'm cutting this audio
2: for you right now. There's just some swear words that I'm going to clean up, so I'll have this for you in a, in a little bit. You mentioned that Rodgers, I don't know that he backed off yesterday. He said, look, I, I didn't mean to insinuate anything. Nobody come after Jimmy Kimmel's family. But then in the same interview, he said, well, I wouldn't say something like that if I didn't have grounds or if I didn't. So right. I I don't know what Rodgers was really trying
0: to accomplish yesterday. I don't either. It, it's, it's This is a guy that has – Pointed the finger at a lot of people but never admits he's wrong. And that was one of the things that had worn on people. Um, you know, now he did in his last year with Green Bay talk more about his own performance. And he would throw himself in there, but it became disingenuous almost to many people. When you'd ask him this, you'd say, does he really think that he needs to be better? They'd say, no, he's just saying it because people always say that he blames everybody else. He'll blame the receivers for not being on the same page or not being coached up or not knowing the, the little, you know, movements and intricacies that he goes to the line of scrimmage with, you know, uh, when it came to problems. You know, underthrown, overthrown balls. Well, he was supposed to be here. He was supposed to be there. He should know better. He, sh- You know, there was a pass that went to, to Randall Cobb that was picked. Um that, well, he should have known that, you know, when you have an open 10 yards in front of you, you start heading downfield. Well, but, yeah, but he did exactly what you're supposed to do, and that's go to the open space and sit. And Rodgers threw a pick and blamed it on the receiver. You know, it just, he it got to the point where he just never would admit he's wrong. And people saw that. And, you know, it's, it, you know, the psychologists would tell you it's a God complex or a narcissistic complex, one of the two. But um, this might be that same case. I don't know. I I, I, honestly, I don't listen to the McAfee show. We're on the air, so I don't pay attention to it. Every now and then, if there's like a guest or a topic, I'll I'll look at it to say, okay, I want to learn something because I always want to learn something. But when it comes to the Roger stuff, I really I I don't get into it because of this. Because there's just so much garbage, there's so much hypocrisy there. And, you know, everybody's been tuning in to see what he's going to say about Jimmy Kimmel and the list and, uh apparently now i don't know this i have not followed this i have not followed the release of names but the official sites the sites that the more newsworthy sites that i trust have said to Kimmel's name uh this travel log thing he was never there he never traveled there he was never there so roger's information was bogus i don't know i people can come at me i i don't know i'm not i'm just telling you what i read um so Rodgers said he he knew information or something. I, like you said, Grant, I, I don't know what he was trying to prove, what he was trying to do, or maybe he was proven to be wrong. But I know one thing: he backed off of his stance to a certain extent because he was dancing around it all over the place. Because you know, Kimmel had the 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 fireball right down the middle of the plate, saying basically, "You want to keep it up? We'll talk in court, and then you got to prove it, and then you got to tell us where you're getting your information and what's going on." And Rogers kind of danced around backing off of it, not backing off of it, so to speak. So I, But the bottom line is that I think the shtick and his stance from the exit, you know, interview with the Jets uh, this season and where he went yesterday, I think they'd finally – and then reading his email from upper executives at ESPN, basically scolding him, saying, knock it off, dude. You know, you're getting into the weeds on a lot of different stuff because you're trying to be the most educated guy in the room, and sometimes you just sound like an idiot, knock it off. And he read that email on the air and ripped the guy that wrote it, and I think ESPN finally said, enough, we're done with this clown. Get him out of here, you know. And I think they brought the heat to McAfee, and McAfee finally cut him loose. So that's my guess, but, you know, who knows? I don't know what the inner workings are behind the scenes. I'm sure we'll find out a hell of a lot more once we get to Vegas and we start talking to a lot of the people in the know out there when we all kind of convened for Super Bowl this year. But, yeah, today uh, on the Pat McAfee show, they uh, Aaron Rodgers is no more. Now, I don't know what that means for the future either. I don't know if that means um, that he's going to come back next year or if this is it, that this is a parting of the ways and they're just done with him and done with the antics. We'll let you hear what that statement was when we come back. But uh, it's obviously news that, you know, means stuff for everybody. You know, so – uh, so we'll see. Let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll get back into it. Stay right where you're at. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at burnpitbbq.com. That's burnpitbbq.com. And uh, I know they want to say thanks to everybody that ordered the gift boxes and gift packages over the holiday season for all the barbecue lovers and grillers in your life. But uh, we all know that there's still good time for tailgate season, a season and you're grilling year-round. I do. I know others do. So if you're grilling year round, even if you're doing things in the home, if you want to put some rub on, you know, a good steak and then throw it in the skillet on the on the stove, you're good to go. And all the sauces they have, hot sauces, rubs, barbecue sauces, all the different flavors, and they're veteran owned and based right here in the state of Wisconsin. That is BurnpitBBQ.com. That's BurnpitBBQ.com. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. Good to have you. So, as we were talking with Mark Schofield of SB Nation, uh, the news broke that, uh, and I look, he's not in our stable anymore, but it is news and it is large news the fact that ESPN has cut loose Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Pat McAfee making the announcement today. Take a listen. To what Mac? Now, this is the shortened version, but take a listen to what McAfee had to say about uh, getting rid of uh, Aaron Rodgers.
1: What we do know is the guy that stopped by yesterday, caused quite a conversation. A little yeah. bit, yeah. yeah, a little bit. Now, very usual. Not like that. The uh, <laughs> yeah. So Aaron Rodgers Tuesday season four is uh, done. Yeah. Ah,
0: complete season.
1: There's going to be a lot of people that are happy with that, myself included, to be honest. With the way <laughs> it ended, it got real loud mm-hmm. and uh, real loud. I'm happy that that is not going to be my mentions going forward, mm-hmm. which is great news. We always, and this is legit,
2: and I think. He then goes on to ramble about how, you know, Mac, they've gone through a lot and to get to where they are, and, and it doesn't really add. That's basically mm-hmm. all he said about Aaron Rodgers specifically.
0: Yeah, he didn't rail on him, but basically saying that, you know, I'm, I'm glad it's over. I'm glad this is done. It doesn't sound like they closed the book on next season. I got to think it is. Do you think it happens next year, Grant?
2: Do you think they have him on as a recurring guest yeah. next
0: season? Yeah.
2: I don't know. Rogers still, when Rogers talks about football, he's really good at it. He's really right. interesting. He's a good conversation storyteller.
0: I just... But we know when we know Rodgers takes now this is a, this is a slight on Rodgers. Rodgers will not be done, you know, he he will not be back this year. So Rodgers is not ending on his terms. Rodgers is basically being told you're done. We're not doing this anymore. So we all know. Do you think Rodgers tucks his tail between his legs and plays along and just does football related stuff this year? I mean because, you know, Mike Greenberg is so far, you know, Up his rear end, as far as coming back as the quarterback of the New York Jets, it isn't funny. So Mike talks about him all the time. Pat McAfee, basic. I don't want to say Pat McAfee made his show on him, but let's be honest, uh, Tuesdays with Aaron became a huge, huge, huge selling point Mm -hmm. for the Pat McAfee show. He was a ratings boost. And love him or hate him, he was the guy that everybody tuned in to listen to. So do you think that they bring him back next year?
2: Historically, when Rodgers has been presented with situations like this, it's everyone else's fault. I am right and I will continue without you. Bam! That's
0: Bam! His- historically how he's yes, done business. That's exactly right. It is going he is he is going to be the ultimate victim for his research and his reading and his thoughts and his hypothesis and his his own opinion. He is going I you can almost write the script. He is going to be the victim later today or tomorrow whenever this comes out. So, we'll see. We'll see. But McAfee may not even be the guy that makes a decision on that. That may be somebody um, that, you know, that that somebody higher up that makes that decision. Uh, Travis says, Bill, you're so wrong on this. Uh, You said yourself you don't really watch McAfee. And if you did, you would know that yesterday was the final appearance for the year regardless. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't, Travis. He was scheduled to be throughout the rest of the season, rest of the postseason. No, it wasn't. You don't know what you're talking about. Um, Rick says that uh, he's going to get an offer from Rogan, so which is it's very possible. You can hear, see him on the Joe Rogan podcast. See, and that's the
2: thing. If he goes on Rogan and they sit there for two hours and they talk about COVID and conspiracies, that's that will be great on Rogan. Like, for those that mm-hmm. like listening to conversations about that, that'll work. Rogers on McAfee didn't make any sense anymore. Like, I would right. tune in, you know, with one ear while listening to you, Bill.
0: And I'm like, what the hell are they even talking about? Right. Like, this doesn't make sense. Here's the other thing, and and this is probably what matters more than anything uh, in regards to Aaron Rodgers, and then I'll, I'll move b- on back to the, uh, the, the stuff with Matt LaFleur and company, but the um, the way he plays next year is going to define kind of how the last chapter of his career goes. He, he's got to come back and play well. It, can you imagine, let's say he's going to be 41 years old, and he's... He's coming off of a major injury, of which he says he could have played this year had he needed to, but, you know, then he kind of wavered back and forth. Um, But if he comes back and just sets the Jets on fire and they become a legitimate, you know, not only playoff contender but going deep into the playoffs, I'm not going to say Super Bowl, but a a, a legitimate contender, then I think a lot of the, the rhetoric that has gone on this season kind of fades because it's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately type of society. But if he comes back and doesn't play well, he won't have all of his guys around him. He, he's going to be a 41-year-old dude in a locker room that he tried to keep together, who I think you know, Jets fans saw through the, the BS and the gaga worship of his head coach, And all of that, and Woody Johnson kind of catering to him, flying out. They had to do anything and everything they could just to get Aaron to come there. I get it. But if he doesn't come out and just deliver balls out on fire next year, this is going to be one of the worst endings to a Hall of Fame career that I can remember. And I remember, you know, Joe Namath. Leaving the Jets and barely being able to walk and still playing football. I remember Emmett Smith going to the Cardinals. I remember like when Joe Montana left San Francisco. He still took Kansas City to the postseason. He still had gas in the tank, you know. But this this is this is going to be one of the worst endings to this level of Hall of Fame career. Man, um, I boy, that's. Uh, I, I can't remember a career going down like this. Now, Favre had a great career going to Minnesota and right after the nas- the uh national champ- the uh NFC championship game, you know, he got beat up and then he came back and they just wanted to kind of reignite that fire and it was never the same and then his career ended that night on the turf at TCF Bank Stadium in frigid temperatures being carted off the field in almost the fetal position. I remember that, too. And you just went, man, this is what it's come to. You, and you knew that was it. You knew that was the end. And you're like, wow, this is the way things end. You just you just wonder, if he comes out and sets the world on fire and he's healthy next year, then it's just an exclamation point on an otherwise tremendous career. If he comes out and just is terrible and lays a bad egg and people he's just worn people out, the way it kind of happened here in Green Bay. then you kind of look at it and go boy, what could have been and he got in the way of himself and but but you know all of this now hinges on how he rehabs and comes back and how he plays next year. so um, anyway, we'll see eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy Mark says uh, there's nowhere that he got fired. I don't think, Mark, that McAfee just decided on his own to cut him loose. To say, okay, we're going to end the your, your appearances early this year. I don't, you know, look, They don't. It, it's things don't need to be said for the obvious to be in front of you. You know, it just doesn't. So, believe what you want to believe if you're going to be somebody that's the black and white person that, you know, technically this and that. But, you know, we all know the way the business works. Somebody upstairs said, because he, like I said, he read the email of the uh, executive on the air and proceeded then to, I guess, kind of rip him up. And I'm like, wow, how can, if you're ESPN executives, how can you allow yourself to be attacked like that in your own company and not do anything about it? I mean, there's no, you know, you got to do something. And uh, then the very next day he's gone. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, let's do this. We'll come back. I want to get back into the discussion. Give me your thoughts. I want I want the honest opinion of the season and what your thoughts are on Matt LaFleur. Packers ended 9-8. Uh, and eight. Packers are heading to Dallas for the for the postseason. And where we were in the midseason when people were questioning Matt LaFleur's job, they were cre- questioning the creativity of the offense, the progress of Jordan Love, hanging on to Joe Barry in that defensive unit, uh, all of that, and myself included. I gave you my... Preamble to all of this earlier today. You gotta give Matt credit. But I want to know where you stand on all of this. 877-867-1670. 877-867-235. 1670. I want you to hit us up and give us your thoughts. Uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends out there. at Smoke on the Water on Okachi Lake, who just announced, I think it's coming up on April 21st, they're going to do the pup crawl, where you walk your dogs and such up and down the streets out there in Okachi, and you do the pup crawl, and it goes to the Golden Mast and all the way back again, and they do it and raise a lot of money for a lot of great charities that are out there. That's our fr- And they're always doing something for charity. That's Smoke on the Water in Okachi Lake in uh, Okachi, right on Wisconsin Avenue. Uh, Uh, So it's a great place, and then when the the season gets here and the boating season's here, you can open up the garage doors and you're right there, and the water's right in front of you. It's a beautiful place that they've renovated. And don't forget, a good old-fashioned, old-fashioned Wisconsin bar. That is Sloppy Joe's Saloon and Spoon on Hubertus, in Hubertus. Both places can't go wrong. Both places, same owners. Good stuff. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next.
1: Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show
0: No, it's uh, it's cold outside, but that's okay. You still want to get your game on. You can if you want to get outside and swing the sticks a little bit. Keep your game in shape. From our friends at Lux Golf Bays, heated golf bays. You can still see the driving range. You can still hit it as far as you can hit it. Watch it go. Do it with some heat on you. TVs are on. The bar is serving you right there at the tee box. Not a bad way to go. Go to Lux, L-U-X-E, Lux Golf Bays in Franklin, Wisconsin, luxgolfbays.com. That is LuxGolfBays.com, and they have got a lot of new stuff over there. They've got Blend, which is the uh, the drinks bar, if you will. They've got the new pizzeria, the doghouse, and don't forget the ballpark commons uh, in general. Going to be back open again this year with uh, Franklin again and uh, the Milwaukee Milkmen. And then uh, up on the hill, this, excuse me, the uh, ski hill is now open. The ski and uh, snow tubing and sledding hill is now open. Uh, I saw some friends of mine were over there enjoying that the other night, so uh, I saw some pictures In the uh, chalet, so uh, all of that—that whole activity of area—is open and running and doing well. So good stuff from our friends at Lux L U X E LuxGolfBays dot com. That's LuxGolfBays dot com down there, part of the uh, part of the Rock Venture Complex. Um, I I was doing a little bit of reading regarding the Roger stuff real quick, and and then I'm going to move on from that. But uh, the way I see this is that. Pat McAfee has a lot of the creative control over his show. So most likely it was, you know, the final decision had to be kind of made by him. Uh, but I got to believe that there was a nudge from up top saying, hey, this, this, this is enough, you know, enough. So we'll see.
2: We'll see. I think Pat probably got a sense for that, too. I don't know that it took a lot yeah. of convincing from higher ups to get right. Pat to make that
0: decision. Uh, no, but I, I, I guarantee, look, Pat went after Norby, whatever his name is, one of the executives, but Rogers really went after executives and the whole thing, too. So, uh, anyway, we'll, uh, we'll see. But, yeah, that's uh, that's the way that ended. Still got more to come. We are broadcasting live. We're in Lacrosse. Coming up tonight, we're going to be 6-8. to We're going to be the Bill Michaels Huddle out at Flipside Pub and Grill, but uh, we got another hour yet to go. Stay right where you're at. We'll be back right after this.